You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Guidepost. My goodness, I, we got to be getting close to 90, Will. Got to be getting close to 90, right? I mean. It's getting up there. We've had a, a steady stream here the past, uh, what season are we in now? Are we officially season three, right? I I guess I guess maybe we are in season three. Uh, I don't know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna ask our our guy Cody uh, what season we're officially in, but we'll just say we're somewhere around ninety shows right now, and I I can't believe it. Uh, looking back on it, it's it's pretty cool, and we thank everyone uh, who's listening. Uh, this is a great way to get information out there, and we appreciate y'all playing us on the way to work or during a horrible zoom call or you know whenever you listen to us we appreciate it maybe uh maybe a lot of you listen to uh listen to us you can you can go to sleep at night uh because because we just have those voices but in any event for whatever reason you do there seems like there's a lot of you and we appreciate the heck out of it so today will and i are going to talk about the preliminary numbers uh, for harvest and catch and release mortality on uh, on striped bass 2022, and um, we're going to try our best not to make any assumptions. Uh, we're just going to give you the facts and give you the numbers and kind of give you an idea where our heads are at. Shouldn't be a terribly long podcast, and uh, let's jump right in, Will. So, Will, what do you think we should what do you think we should talk about first, buddy? I think we talk about right now our only goal with striped bass is to rebuild by 2029. That that is our guiding north star. Um and so when it comes to these 2022 MRIP estimates, um Tony, we have some pretty big concerns about what those numbers are telling us as it relates to rebuilding the striped bass stock to its SSB target by 2029, right? Yeah. Um, so I have the chart up here and I wonder if there's, you know, I wonder, I wonder what there would, it's probably the most value is to talk about uh, the, the weight, I guess the probably makes the most sense to talk about the weight of the fish um and well let's take a step back will let why don't you tell everyone about the fishing mortality rate how it was kind of abnormally low and how we kind of had to maintain that in order to rebuild by 2029 because i think that's really why we're on this podcast yeah so when the stock the 2022 stock assessment came out last november um, the fishing mortality rate over uh, the past two years had been abnormally low. Um, it was hovering around 0.14, um, and that's a lot lower than both the threshold fishing mortality level 
um, which was around 0.117, uh, or the target rather, and the threshold fishing mortality level was around um, 0.2. So going into all of this, we were concerned that everyone was relying on this very low fishing mortality value of 0.14, which is below both the target and the threshold, um, because that number told us that we would rebuild by 2029 with a 78.6% chance of success. Um, and our whole position from the second we saw those numbers was, you know, these 2015s are about to enter the slot, fishing is improving, harvest is going to go up. Um, and as we heard in that November meeting, there were some board members who were extremely concerned because they understood how uh, delicate the rebuilding projections were in relation to fishing mortality. A slight uptick in fishing mortality, say, to that target level or even the, the just the target level, if we go there, it decreases the rebuilding odds by somewhere around 15%. And if we go to the threshold level of fishing mortality, we aren't rebuilding under kind of the, you know, catch-all um, minimum standards for fishing success, which is a 50% chance. So we would, you know, be below a coins toss uh, chance of success for rebuilding by 2029 um, if fishing mortality gets at or above 02 so that's kind of the the stage setting for this, and Tony. So it's pretty it's pretty razor thin, right? I mean, you're yeah. talking about hundreds hundreds of points. You know, it was based on point one four, the target, like where we want to be to maintain a sustainable stock, is point one seven, and we don't want to go over point two zero. Okay, but for most of the time series. We have been over 0.20, which is yeah. predominantly why we are here. It's very, very hard to control our fishing effort, right? It's very difficult, um, especially when there's a lot of fish, which happened in some areas, even though some areas were like the Dead Sea. So, again, this this is fisheries math, all right? So... If you have two apples and you get one more apple, that does not mean you have three apples. And I'm going to try to explain this in my terms so really, really dumb people like me can even understand it. If, so if I can explain it, I'm saying, I'm saying anyone on God's green earth can understand it. As these fish grow up and become part of the spawning stock biomass, that has an impact on what that fishing mortality, that 0 0.14, 0 0.17, 0.20, that has an impact on the fishing mortality. So just because we killed more fish in 2022 does not necessarily mean, like if we doubled harvest, which we did, that does not mean that 0.14 is going to double because fish are entering the spawning stock biomass. They are recruiting to the spawning stock biomass. I don't know what the formula is. To me, it looks like chicken scratching. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that I, it looks like, it looks like alien symbols that you would see on a wrecked spacecraft. 
I don't know, but I'm just telling you it's not two apples plus one apple equals three apples. So let's get into the numbers, Will. And I, I have these up. So uh, yeah, let's, I will kind of read these off and then Will and I can discuss. So total harvest, okay? Harvest, not real, set the stage, release mortality. We released just about the same number of fish in 2020, 2021, and 2022. And so that is not- those are just the released Those, lives too, just for, correct, for everyone listening. Correct. Like they haven't even yeah, gone in you'd and have, done that nine percent calculation yet. Yeah, you'd have to multiply that by 0 0.09 and then get how many of those died. But that is part obviously part of the fishing mortality rate because fish that were re are released and died, they died because of fishing. Ergo fishing mortality. It stayed the same. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. We're going to talk about the big thing that changes harvest. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the harvest, the weight of the harvest fish by recreational anglers. 2020, 14.8 million pounds. 2021, 15.78 million pounds. 2022, 35 million. 271,000 pounds, 14 million, 15 million, 35 million, more than doubled, more than doubled the weight of the harvested fish. So I guess what I have to say about that is, you know, and this is, this has kind of been our position is like, we aren't sure of exactly what this is going to translate to for this alien symbol formula. But I got to believe in my heart of hearts that over doubling the fishing mortality from previous years is going to move you up a couple of percentage points, which all we need is a, a couple of hundredths. Um, it's a staggering amount of fish. Killed 35 million pounds of fish. Now, to equate this into numbers, um, you are looking at, I'm just bringing my fancy schmancy little chart up here so I don't get anything wrong. Total harvest in numbers was 1.7 million in 2020, 1.841 million 2021, 3.521 million, 3.521 million in 2022. So again, we over double the numbers from 2020 came pretty close to doubling them for 2021. And I, I have a hard time believing that we are not sitting somewhere slightly above the threshold right now with my rudimentary knowledge of all of this. Um, well, those are big numbers, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, and again, just to go back to that, you know, our earlier earlier discussion, Tony, like we don't have a lot to play with when it comes to acceptable tolerances, let's call it, with except with fish fishing mortality. A slight uptick is gonna have a significant impact on whether or not we're able to rebuild by twenty twenty nine. So, you know, taking taking those numbers that you just said and we've been looking at you know, it doesn't take uh, doesn't take much to assume that doubling the harvest is going to, in some way, impact those rebuilding projections. Um, and then you 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 know, again, in in, our, in the back of our heads, we're scared because we haven't had a recruitment event in the Chesapeake Bay in years. So we are relying on pretty much one, maybe two good year classes to rebuild this stock and we are putting the strongest year class that we've had that we have right now into the blender that is the slot limit right tony yeah so you know look it's not look okay on one side on one side we have what's left of the 2015s who have been in the slot for about a year now we have a decent average class from 2017 and 2018. Then 19, 20, 21, and 22 is the dead flipping sea from the Maryland portion of the Chesapeake Bay. Now we have the Hudson has come out with above average spawns. Virginia has come out with above average spawns. But with the vast proportion coming from Maryland, and this is also supported by Ben Gahagan's uh, with mass DMF's telemetry study. Uh, will we saw those numbers? We're not going to get into this. In you know, maybe we can have Ben on the podcast. I think he would be a great guest. But you can tell where these with the DNA and the telemetry studies. Cape Cod is seeing about a fifty-fifty split with big fish if they're from the Hudson or the Chesapeake and the vast majority of the smaller fish are from the Hudson. So that, that has to tell you something, right? That explain is explaining an awful lot. You know, these fish have sight fidelity, so it shouldn't really matter if they're a 28 inch fish or a 45 inch fish, you know, they have their migrational routes. They have sight fidelity. They're showing up in the same places year after year. The battery packs that that Mass DMF is putting in these fish, if I recall correctly, last for seven years. They're going to get a ton of data, ton great work that they're doing. Kudos to Mass DMF. Anyway, look, I, I don't want to I don't want to slide down this this hole, but our concern, like Will said, is we don't have good recruitment, and and we're kind of staring down the barrel. Now we know some people thought the slot limit was a great idea. We said the one at 36 because we knew it or one at 35 rather, because we knew that one at 36 had worked in the past and we were worried about too much harvest coming down on the 2015s that would prohibit rebuilding. And guess what's happening folks. I mean, I'm not saying a lot of big fish wouldn't have been killed. I'm not saying we were right. Um, that, that one at 35 was 100% the right way to go. But what I am saying is we were right. 
that the slot limit, you know, like to me, when you look at the biology of a striped bass, uh, and it, there's an incredibly good opportunity here to really protect a year class. And we did it in the moratorium to protect a year class as it grows through the system. You can set slot limits that avoid harvesting that year class to make sure that they get a couple of good spawns in. And, and Tony, we I did not do correct, that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I want to say, um, board member uh megan ware from maine that that was on the table at one point to to try to have you know some more analysis to you know how to better protect these strong year classes and if if my memory serves it kind of just you know faded out the window um but you know obviously the slot limit worked at reducing fishing mortality in 22 and 21 but now that we've seen such an influx of the 15s you know, you, you see it in these harvest estimates too, you know, it's kind of that catch 22. Cause obviously, you know, we are protecting so many of those big fish, but now we're, uh, we're kind of putting our, our last best hope, um, uh, into that blender that is the slot limit. So it's gonna, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck in a, in a rock in a hard place unless we, we shift the, the slot to better protect, you know, this massive fish. Yes, Phil, Will, that was, that was, you make a ton of great points. That was one of the best ones that you made. If you, if you look at, if you look at the harvest numbers, the fish that were harvested, why did they double? I mean, I'm sure effort played some role in that, but like, look, let, let's be honest here. Everyone said that effort was through the roof in 2020 and 2021 because of COVID. So I mean, I'm sure that played a role in this. People did experience good fishing. There were a ton of people fishing in New Jersey. But in, in a lot of respects, harvest was driven because that year class was available and in the slot. So I think Will's point is, you know, if magically we had moved the slot in 2022 to avoid the 2015s, we would not be having this podcast right now. We had moved it down to like 24 to 28 set of 28 to 35 and then let those fish grow up and protect them, we probably would not be seeing the harvest numbers that we're seeing right now. We probably would have increased catch and release mortality a little bit, um, but not, not to the tune that we're seeing with the harvest numbers. So I guess we can go like two different directions with this, right? We can talk about, I, th I will you, you, you were at a crossroads. You, you picked the crossroads for this, uh, for this podcast. I have the state information here and we can talk about what state harvest looked like, or we can talk about how we fix this mess. A or B, which one do you want to do, bud? I'm the optimistic guy here. Let's, uh, let's talk about how we, how we fix this, uh, this mess up. Cause it's, it's certainly, it's scaring me. Man. So you don't, you don't want me to mention that out of the 35 million pounds of fish killed, New Jersey killed 14 million pounds. I should, I, I will not mention that. I won't. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was going to come out regardless. That 40% 40 of the harvest pounds of fish came out of New Jersey. 40%. 
Get your act together, gentlemen. So let's talk about how we can fix this. 14 million pounds in New Jersey, by the way, out of 35 million. Good Lord. You know, my God. I mean, a state with such good bagels and Taylor ham and everything else and friggin' pizza and sandwiches to die for. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a good restaurant in New Jersey. I live in Maryland. I, I have to drive 100 miles to find a decent restaurant that doesn't want to make me cry. Got to kill all these fish. 14 million. Good Lord. So anyway, let's talk about how we fix this. Okay. Um, Will, I, I don't even know how to tell our listeners that we're going to need them uh, to, to kind of rally around this. Because um, I, I see this May meeting as an inflection point pivotal and and if the board spends their time talking about commercial quota transfers if this isn't the first thing that they address if they spend two hours talking about commercial quota transfers and don't have time for this i i i don't know where we go from there tony i mean this kind of goes back to like us as an association right we don't we don't want to see the board focusing on you know giving one maybe two states a little bit of extra quota when we know we have this massive problem for the entire stock staring us down and we need to fix it now to rebuild the stock um you know we we all understand that recreational fishing is is obviously the the majority um of this striped bass fishery and we're we're coming now saying hey, you guys need to do something to get rebuilding back on track because all these numbers we're looking at, it doesn't look like we're going to remain on track come May. Um, so at this May meeting, first week of May, uh, there are going to be some hard decisions likely. Um, and, you know, we're all going to have to to band together to, you know, start shouting from the rooftops, you know, remain focused on rebuilding. And that that was kind of our whole opposition um to the commercial quota transfer issue um as well it's like you know stop stop trying to save the trees uh and forget about the forest right we've got we've got a whole stock that um you know everyone benefits when it's abundant and healthy and we're not there yet so uh so yeah tony i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess of a meeting i'm sure there's um you know we've got some uh you know, conservation minded allies at the striped bass board that, you know, were, um, had enough foresight back in November to kind of anticipate this very thing happening. Um, so, you know, we can only hope that they look at this and, you know, there's supposed to be a presentation about what the acceptable harvest and catch levels were at this May meeting. Um, and I mean, we're just hoping that, you know, you take action now, you gotta be proactive um because it's simple we just we need to save this stock and rebuild it and get it back to where everyone is benefiting from it so i i think one of the things that we might hear look great synopsis will we have to to me this is an inflection point if we don't get the, them to address this in may i would because there's always it's no one is ever going to sit down at a table and go, I don't want to address that. I want to kill 14 million pounds of stripers next year. There's always some 
BS line about let's collect more data. We need more time. Well, they have the perfect opportunity to delay because there's an update to the stock assessment in 2024. And then there is also, I believe, a fisheries performance report for striped bass in 2024. So what we might hear some commissioners say is, well, let's wait for the best science. It's only a year from now. But here's the thing. Stock assessment is not going to be approved and put out till the very end of 2024. To change regulations is a long process. It's a long, the addendum is a long, long process. And if we wait for the stock assessment in 2024, we will not see regulations change until 2026. And then we have three years to real rebuild a stock. Let's do some quick math here. And guess what we have coming down the pipe in 2026, 2027, 2028, and 2029. Guess what we have coming down the pike? Nothing. Those are the four crappy years from the Chesapeake Bay, Maryland side. I understand we're already under a, a low recruitment scenario, which we fought for it as association. But I, I don't I don't know if that fully quantifies uh, a completely, uh, absolutely absent year class. You know, the arithmetic mean is 11 and change, and these year classes were 2.4, 1.9, I mean... It's in it's madness. So if you if we hear that from the commissioners, that is not going to be good. Um, that's oh, let's wait for the stock assessment because it's not, yeah, the stock assessment, it's not just a year. So, like if we if they do this in May and initiate an addendum, if we can push us hard enough to do that, we can have new regulations in place for 2024. There's enough time, there's enough meetings, there's enough time. So a commissioner could make a motion to reduce fishing mortality, reduce harvest by 15%. Now, and lest we forget, when we were working through the stock assessment, when they had to do the new selectivity model, the first technical committee calls that Will and I were on, they were talking about a 25% reduction in harvest to rebuild. They used this new selectivity model, and all of a sudden they don't have to take any reduction right? None. So maybe, just maybe, if we had taken the 25% reduction when the stock assessment came out, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. But here we are. So, you know, look, I, I don't know what the percentage will be because we don't know what the F rate is. But I, I think something's going to need to be done and we cannot wait for the stock assessment because it's not going to be one year. It's going to be 2026. And then we pretty much are screwed. Um, there's nothing coming down the pike. We, we will have decimated the 2015 year class. Uh, probably most of the 18 or the 17s and the beginnings of the 18s in the slot limb. Um, I, I am going to make a bold prediction. Will, are you ready? Here comes a bold here 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 comes a bold prediction. If we don't do something at the May meeting and we stall, we have never once as uh, every time this question comes up on social media or in an email or anything, 
were like, no, look at the numbers. There's no moratorium needed. We can fix these fish. If they don't do something at this at the May meeting, I, I, I'd I'd say there's better there's a better chance, you know, better than a 50-50 coin toss that this stock is going to be in terrible shape by 2026. And we we may need that. And I don't think any of us want to go there. That May meeting is going to be pivotal. And, you know, again, we're um we're anxiously awaiting for, you know, discussions with TC members, stock the stock assessment team. Um, because they're they're working on kind of a suite of you know what harvest could have looked like in 2022 um and i mean we'll we'll see if they if they uh built in a doubling of harvest uh into their um their analysis and whether they thought that was even possible but um you know with uh with harvest estimates doubling in 2022 with you know very low um PSEs meaning this is a an accurate estimation um the writing's on the wall i mean it's it you got to be proactive here and i think that's just going to be our message tony right so the the PSE numbers when they are super high we all cringe because there's a chance that they may be used these these PSE numbers most of them are under 10% when when you look at when you look at the coast wide, um, I'm bringing one up now. Uh, eight point seven for total weight coast wide, eight point seven. It, it's better than the 2022 preliminary numbers are better than 2020 and 2021. Um, the release numbers are seven point eight. I mean, all, all of them are solid. And that's that gives me a pretty high level of confidence that these preliminary numbers aren't going to change dramatically. Um, not good, man. None nope. of none of this so, is good. I mean, I guess that's that's where uh, where we're at now. We're gonna, um, you know, like we said, keep the keep the fire um, on the striped bass management board, and you know, all the scientists working on this to you know remain focused on that twenty twenty nine rebuilding goal. Um, but you know, we're going to need each and every one of you guys to, um, start mobilizing here in a little bit because it's, uh, we're going to need you. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't have marching orders right now, Will. Um, I don't, I don't have anything to say as far as like, okay, you know, advocates engage, do X, Y, and Z, um, we we have to think about that for a hot minute. Um, and all of this, you know, when, when we kind of come up with a battle plan and share that with our listeners and readers, all this is predicated on preliminary numbers. But we don't want to be in a position where we're a month out from the May meeting and final, 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 final numbers are in. And then we're saying, okay, everyone get energized and let's go. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather be wrong, look like an idiot, have egg on my face and say, I'm sorry. than not know that we gave everything we could to recover this stock. I'm sorry. And you know what, if I'm wrong, if, yeah. Tony, it just goes back to, you know, the way we, like our fisheries management policies, right? If you are precautionary and act proactively, 
it's less of a sting to do something in the near term than will be necessary and you know further down the road um so you know it's like a, a little bit now will go a long ways versus let, like you were you know um potentially anticipating a, mor- a moratorium in three four years as a result of inaction this year oh will can you imagine can you imagine the draconian cuts we would face in 2026 if we don't do anything to change it in may i would i would much rather i would much rather take a reasonable cut now than have the whole world flip on its axis in 2026 i mean holy smokes who wouldn't who wouldn't and then it's just going to be harder to rebuild so i mean i gotta look through it is um uh, you know will i think i think this is uh we could talk, you know, we talk forever about this stuff. I think the next time that folks hear a Stripe Ass podcast from us, we'll have a lot more firm, um, you know, a, a lot more firm of an ask on how to how to ask our advocates to help Stripe Ass. Right now, we're just processing these numbers and trying to be transparent and keep everyone informed. So um, thank you all for listening. Uh, bottom line, har- harvest doubled last year and release mortality stayed the same and they better do something in May or it's going to be longer than a year when the stock assessment comes out. And we never said it before, but if they don't do something, Stripe Bass are fixing to be in a lot of trouble, uh, something that's not easily, easily fixed. So if y'all have any questions, send them in the comments saltwaterguidesassociation.org. If we read them online, you win yourself a free pair of coasters. Thank you, Will, for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank all y'all for listening. And we'll hear y'all, y'all, y'all hear us on here real soon.